shared last week on as is. Uh, some of you may have been here, and that um, that God receives us as is. And I don't know why, just uh, that thought came in my mind one morning, and and I began to meditate on. How many of you know when you hear things, you know that you're not expecting? It's good to meditate on those because they're really probably coming from the Holy Spirit of God. It's it's not something that I was thinking that morning. I was coming to the ladies' breakfast, and and so I really wasn't thinking anything. I just heard real loud, as is, and God began to speak to me. I I accepted you, just the way you were. And, and he began to speak to me about what a revelation that is to some of us because we think, and a lot of people I've heard say, well, I, I'll come to church when I start acting right. Have you ever heard? So, as <laughs> soon as I get it together, I'll come, you know. How many of you know that are here tonight that know Jesus? You, you're still getting it together. <laughs> Hallelujah. We, none of us be here. You know, we, yeah, we came anyway, Corey <laughs> But, you know, we, we have to walk through those times of growing up spiritually just like we grow up in the natural. And God wants us to know that he accepts us no matter where you are in your walk tonight. God accepts you as is. And it reminded me of years ago, I was involved in a business where uh, it was called Five Point Bargains. They they had uh, clothing there that they would get in a big box, come in big shipments, and this one gentleman would have to go through every piece of that clothing. And some had more tears in them than others. Some had just a little miscabobble. You know, it was always bad when one came with a sleeve and the other side wasn't there, you know. That goes in the reject box. But, you know, some every every one of those pieces of clothing, he'd go like this and and – he, but they would be fixed after that, and then they would sell them, and, and they would be called seconds or, you know, not they weren't used. They were just things that were mistakes when they were created in the factories. And, and God began to speak to me, you know, I accept people as is, no matter what box you've been thrown into, you know, no matter what flaw that you've had in your life, you know, I just accept you as is, and then I fix you. You know, he doesn't leave us that way. How many of you are glad you didn't get left the way you came? Praise Jesus. And, uh, but he, he starts transforming us by his word, by the Holy Spirit of God, and, and gradually we begin, begin to change. But he gave me four things last week, and, and I shared them. Number one, God bought us as is. It says in Romans 5, 8, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, that God demonstrated his love that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I mean, that's accepting us as is. Amen. I mean, while we're walking in our sin. And, and a lot of people feel like they, they, they're not worthy, but our worthiness has nothing to do with God accepting us. He created us, and he wants us to operate as his child. And then we talked about God calls us as is. We talked about Moses, how when God called Moses, uh, Moses wasn't a leader when God called him. He was not a leader of masses of people when God called him. In fact, he said, uh, you're asking me to do this? I, I don't talk very well. And he had all kinds of excuses. But God said, this is why you're going to do what you're going to do. I'll be with you. Everybody say, I'll be with you. And so anybody who's born again, when God calls them, he is with them. And we're going to talk a little bit tonight about that because we're going to talk about as he is. Last week we talked about as is. And this week we're going to add the he in the middle of that as he is. And, and then we talked about number three, that God loves us as is. Now, that's a real hard one for the body of Christ. It was a very difficult one for me because we don't understand in our natural understanding the love of God. We can't comprehend agape love. I love you no matter what you're doing. 
I love you. Now, we can try to do that, but how many of you know when people are doing wrong things to you or to your children, let's just say to somebody you love, isn't that even worse? I mean, you, you, know, you know, can mess with me, but if you mess with my children, you know, don't say anything bad to me about Pastor Elizabeth or Pastor John because then I'm going to have to get offended. <laughs> no, not really. But I'm going to help you understand that that's not really them because we talked about the last thing because God bought us as is, he called us as is, he loves us as is, then we have to learn to walk in this life with other people and accepting them as is. Everybody say as is. Now, that doesn't mean that they're not going to change. That doesn't mean they're going to be there forever. But we have to accept people as they are. How many of you like to be accepted right where you are? Are. And so God began to speak to me that in 2 Corinthians, and if you'll turn to there tonight, that's where we're going to start. It's where we left off last week, 2 Corinthians 5, and we're going to begin with verse 14 through 16. And, and I didn't highlight that. I'm sorry, but thank you for getting that up there. The love of Christ compels us because we judge thus. Everybody say judge thus. Now, the Bible says we're not to judge anyone. But how many of you know that we look at situations and circumstances and we form an opinion about that? Or we begin to examine that and we make a decision about how we feel about what we see. And it says for that if one died for all, then all died. Everybody say all died. Now, let's go on. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. This next scripture is where we begin tonight. Therefore, from now on, everybody say, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Ever, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Why is that? Because he's seated in heavenly places. He has won the victory. He has accomplished what he came to do. The Bible says he declared it is finished. And so what he did in the earth was finished. But with that being finished, he became the one who rescues us from everything that we have need of. Everybody say, praise the Lord. I was rescued. How about you? And I'm thankful for that rescue. Well, when I begin to look at that and um, really study that, Colossians 3, this is what it says in Colossians 3, 3. And I'm now going to read from the NIV because that's where I'm reading this year. But it says, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. And um, it's hard to believe that we died. Isn't that a hard, I mean... My husband told somebody at the Journal and Courier when we came back here, my husband was raised in this city. We came back here 23 years ago to start a church, and he had a reputation of as is, let's just say, as is. And so when he walked into the Journal and Courier and began to speak to them about wanting to put an ad in the church column about our church, and uh, the man that was the person he spoke to said, are, are you Bill Mickler, the one I went to school with? Now, how many of you know people who knew you in school? might know you differently than somebody else. And uh, we all are our best behavior in here, but if they know you from school. And uh, so he said, no, no, that man died. And he looked at my husband like, yeah, you're not only what you used to be, you're a loony tick now. You're, a, you know, what's the matter with you? You died. But what he was saying is true because when you receive Jesus, then the Bible says you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So your as is 
has now become as he is. Isn't that a revelation? I mean, now, for me, if you know from where I came as a, a single mom years ago in 1979, I, my life was a mess. I was probably the most fearful person that you could ever meet. And you may be sitting here tonight saying, oh, I'm really fearful. Well, so was I. And I, I, I was almost in a place of um, being not able, just paralyzed with fear. And I had three children, uh, and, and they were very little. And God said to me in a, in a situation in Tulsa, Oklahoma, he took me out there for a year, and he said, when you got me, you got everything. I heard it in my apartment. I wasn't sleeping at night. I was fearful. I didn't know how I was going to feed my kids. I was away from all family. I had nobody around. And he said, when you got me, you got everything. And I thought, we are in serious trouble. Because if this is everything, this is not good. And, uh, and, and, and I began to question the Lord, what does that mean? And he said, I'm going to fill you with my love. And I'm going to pour it in. And when I fill you up with my love, as I fill you... All the fear is going to come to the top and flow out, and you won't do anything. Now, I had everybody in their person trying to help me get delivered from fear. How many of you ever tried to get delivered from fear? Pretty soon, you're fearful of what you're trying to get delivered from. Hallelujah. I mean, I got more afraid of the devil the more they tried to get me free from him. And so, this was a whole new concept. But I didn't know the scripture, and, and this is what I want to talk to you tonight. First John 4 turn to 1 John 4, and I hope tonight as we look at this that you're going to get a revelation um, of, of it more in your life personally because once you get it, you love other people the way you love yourself. Once you get the assurance of the love of God in your life, it gives you the assurance to do everything that God has called you to do. And it says, and, and I used to look at this scripture, and I couldn't, I really could not... Um, get it. It was just, it just was beyond my understanding. But God has a way of bringing the word of God to light in our life. And it was First John 4, 17, 18. It says, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, everybody say, as he is. What's the message tonight? As he is, so are we in this world. You know, we love the song, when we all get to heaven, you know, well, you know, it says we will appear and be like him, you know, when we see him. But this is talking about right here. And, and so after I grew up in the Lord, I saw this. There is no fear in love. And God had said to me, I'm going to pour all my love in you, and then you will have no fear. And he did it in a year. He changed everything about me. He changed my, my attitude. He changed the way I looked so much that people didn't recognize me. They wondered what happened to me because I was so depressed, and then suddenly I was not depressed at all. How many of you know that's a great way to get delivered? Well, this was the easy way. Love poured in, fear left. But that's what it says. There is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out all fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been perfected or not been made perfect in love. I want to go back to the verse right before that, and we're going to look at tonight three things. As he is, so are we in this world. And I want to look at this in this light because this is the way God gave it to me. In Colossians 3, which we just read, you died and your life is hidden in him. One of my favorite scriptures is Galatians chapter 2. And I'm going to give you a lot of scripture tonight. Galatians chapter 2, 20 to 21. It says, 
It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. I memorized that scripture and said it over and over and over and over. And the word changes who we are. It is no longer I who lives, but it is Christ who lives in me. And that the life I live in the flesh, everybody say in the flesh. See, that flesh is that same thing that it says over there where we read earlier in 2 Corinthians 5, where it says, no, no man after the flesh, but after the spirit, because we knew Christ in the flesh, but now we know him how? In the spirit. Why is that? Because it's different than when he walked the earth. And God began to speak to me just in the last month or so about who I am in him at another level. You know, I've always known, you know, he's in me, Christ in you, the hope of glory, the Bible says. And we can have a knowledge of, you know, the Holy Spirit is in me. But what does that really mean? As he is, so are we in this earth. Because the life I'm living in the flesh now is not my life. It's his life because I'm hidden in him. And so I begin to look at Colossians 3, and I just happened to be in my Bible reading this week in Colossians. And it says that once your life, once you give your life to Christ, you are dead. Turn to your neighbor and say, I died. How many of you know the day you got saved? But on that day, on that day, you died. But you came to life. You know, I asked him to sing that song, you came from heaven to earth to show the way. He showed us the way. But, but I've heard people say, well, he, he's our example, and the way he was in the earth, that's the way we're to be. That's absolutely true. He was our example, and that's why he came, to show us the way. However, what he, where he is now makes it possible for, live, for us to live that way. Difference. Not the same as he was like this, so I got to be like that. No, he was like that, and I am like that. This is, this is very important because then we begin to use our authority, our dominion, and all the things that he is. Everybody say he is. And so as I looked at this, it goes on, and in, in, this is in Colossians 3 after it makes that statement. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. How many of you know you have an earthly nature? And uh, are, how many of you are waiting on God to do something about it? Yeah, that we, but you know what the Bible says? It says you put to death. Everybody say, I do it. I do it. But this is how we do it. We do it because as he is, because he's in us, as he is. And then he goes on and says, do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. Have you taken off your old self tonight? Or how many of you know there's still some old self practices that happen if the right buttons are pushed? Now, you know, in here, you know, we're all fine. But, uh, you know, sometimes I push Pastor Bill's buttons, and, and he, he goes, you know, he, he gets upset. How, do you think people, you know, that are pastors don't get upset? That's a lie. Amen. <laughs> you know, we, we are human. We have an earthly, we have this earthly nature. But as we rely more on him, and who he is on the inside of us, and get a revelation of that, we're more able to put to death. Everybody say, put to death. Put to death. It goes on and says, once you've taken off your old self with its practices, turn to your, go like this and say, this is the old self in here. It, it's in there. It's in there. But then it says, and have put on the new self. 
you know, it, both of them have to do with us. Put it off, put it on. And it says, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Now, my Bible says that we are children of God. Your Bible says that too. It's in Romans 8, 16 and 17. It says if we're children, then we're joint heirs. We are joint heirs. It says if we're the children of God, we are joint heirs with Christ because he was the son of God. He came to earth. He died for our sins. And now he's seated in heavenly places. I want to give you some things tonight that are going to show you who you are and where you are. And it is because as he is, so are we in this world. And I believe it'll make a difference in the way you view your situation, even right now. And, and I believe what Caleb said on Sunday, you may not see things change while you're sitting here in the natural, but if you see it in the spirit, it's done. Because once you see something in the spirit, faith is, begins to operate in your life. Once you understand, and, and I want to give you just a, a couple of things. We're just going to read a couple of things. I want to finish this, though. It says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And then it says, and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. I, this was not something that I could do in my own ability. I don't know about all of you, but it, I have to have this idea that I died and he lives, not me living, him living, in order for me to walk that out. I, I, can't, be, uh, I can't be me and be him at the same time. Does that make sense? So I have to, he takes me as is, but then he puts the he in me, and then I became, become as he is in this world. And uh, I want you to look at this. Look at Hebrews 10, 12. And if you put that up in the, in the uh, NIV. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Everybody say, that's where he is. Say, he, that's, he is at the right hand of God. Is that where he is? Now, the Bible says, as he is, so are we. Okay, so turn to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6. And let's see if the word says that about us. Now, I know this is a little uh, hard sometimes to grasp, but it's truth. It's what the word of God says consistently that we, as he is, so are we. This is Ephesians 2. It says, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us. Where did he seat us? Where did he seat us? With him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So as he is. So are we. Where are you tonight? Are you seated in heavenly places? Does that give you a different perspective of what's going on in the earth? Does that change the way it is? It absolutely does. And this is what it says just before that in Ephesians. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you. I keep asking that the God of our Lord, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. We have to know him as he, as he is. And then we go to the scripture and we find, well, that's absolutely true because God said, as he is, so are we. And then God said, he has sat down, he has sat down in heavenly places. And then in Ephesians, he said, and God has raised you up. Everybody say, he's raised me up and seated me 
with Christ in heavenly places. Now, how did you get to do that? Because you died. <laughs> now, 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 this is, that's why that song that we sang last, and now I'm alive in him. There's a difference between being alive and being alive in him. Alive is as is. Alive in him is as he is. Are you getting this? Oh, I've had so much fun with this because it's, it's really fun when you start looking and you think, oh, it's true. Hallelujah. Hebrews 10.13. Let's just go on. Go back to Hebrews again, 10.13. Since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. So what, as he is, he's waiting. Everybody said he's waiting for his enemies to be made his footstool. Now, as he is, he's up in the heavenly places. We're seated beside him. But we have a mission. Turn to your neighbor and say, we have a mission. Hebrews 1. Let's look at Hebrews 1, 6 through 8. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. Everybody say, that's Jesus. Verse 7. In speaking of the angels, he says, he makes his angels win, his angels wins, his servants fires of flame. Let's look at verse 8. But about the sun, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever, and righteousness will be the scepter of your kingdom. I didn't give you the right ones. We got to keep going. Let's look at um, Hebrews. I'm sorry, it's 2. I'm in the wrong. I, you got to go to 2. Hebrews 2. Um, Verse 5, and I want it to be up here because we need to see it. I'm sorry. It is not to angels that he has subjected the world to come about which we are speaking. The angels are not in charge, but the angels are ministering spirits for the believer. Amen? And, and so we have the authority to tell them to go and do what God shows us needs to be done. It, but there is a place where someone has testified, what is man? Everybody say, that's us. That you are mindful of him, the son of man, that you care for him. And then it goes on to say, you made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor. And then it goes on, and put everything where? And, and what, is, what is Jesus waiting for? Everything to be put under his footstool, under his feet. Then it says, in putting everything under him, that's not Jesus, that's us. God left nothing that is not subject to him yet, at, or Jesus, that's Jesus, I'm sorry. Yet at the presence, we do not, whoops, <laughs> I'm following up there tonight. I said, we do not see everything subject to him. Then it says, and this is the part you need to get the next verse, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for, death for everyone. God has put everything, it says in verse 8, and put everything under their feet. Whose feet are those? So what is, what he has, he's as he is. Everybody say as he is. Because he's in heaven waiting for everything to be put under his footstool, the people that are putting everything under his footstool are who? Us. That's why he says, as he is, so are we in this world. So when the enemy starts messing with you, where is he? Say, he's under my feet. Because where are you seated? In heavenly places with Christ Jesus. I got excited about that. 
Now I am really going to step on his head. I mean, I've had it. You know, once you see something and it really becomes revelation to you, then you say, okay, then, and it's not in heaven. How many of you know when you get to heaven, the devil ain't going to live there? So you don't need, you know, you don't need to put him anywhere. He's already been put under the feet of Christ. Next one. Let's look at Matthew 28, 11. This is what Jesus said. He said, all authority. Everybody say all authority. Is that 2818? Man, I think I messed up. Twenty eight, sixteen, no, eighteen. Eighteen. Is that twenty eight? Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Okay, as he is, so are we in this earth. The next two verses say, Therefore, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, as he is, so are we. We have authority. Now, I want to give you another one. Look at Philippians 2, 9 through 11. This is what it says. Therefore, God has exalted him to the highest place and given him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, everybody say the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Now, all this is accomplished because as he is now, this is what's happened because of Calvary, as he is now. Now, let's look at what, what it, how that affects us. Look at Mark 16, 17. And these signs shall accompany those who believe. As he is, so are we. In my, in my what? What did God say about his name? Every knee will bow, every tongue confess that he has given him a name above all names. That was after he accomplished what God told him to do. That's what it says in Philippians chapter 2. Now, in my name, now let's go on from there. They will drive out demons. Everybody say, drive out demons. Now, how many of you just you know, relish the time that you can drive out a demon. Or you question, I don't know if I have authority here. Well, we've already said you have authority. As he is, so are we. Now, now we're talking about uh, demonic strongholds. We know that we have power in the name because he said that at the mention of his name, and he said, now you use his name. Now let's look what it says concerning that right there with powers and principalities. If you look at Colossians 2.15, this is what it says about Jesus. And having disarmed the powers and authorities. Everybody say he disarmed them. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Now let's go back to what the statement is tonight. As he is, so are we. Now, we just read in Mark 16, what? In the name of Jesus, we will drive out demonic powers. Everybody say, I have authority. I have the name. And I can drive out demonic powers because of Jesus. Because as he is, so am I in this world. 
Does that make sense? See, that, that begins to give me more authority than, than just somebody telling me, well, you know, you can cast out a devil. When, when I know that as, see, it's not about me. It was about me as is. But when he got the he inside of the as is, when he deposited himself on the inside of me, he deposited that kind of authority. Because as he is, so am I. So now when the devil comes to my house, he has made a very bad decision. How many of you feel, I mean, how many of you have heard people say, even Christians, oh, the devil's just beating me up this week. Well, I'm thinking, well, you don't know who you are. Because as he is, so are you in this world. And you ought to be the devil's nightmare, not him be your nightmare, my nightmare. And, and I believe God has just been quickening this to me because I believe we're going we're gonna to see a huge, huge number of people coming into the kingdom of God who we are going to have to be able to take authority. And we're going to have to tell them, you can be free, you will be free, because Jesus is who he says he is. And in the name of Jesus, everybody say, in the name of Jesus, I bind the devil in your life and I take authority and dominion, because as he is, so am I in this world. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, don't get me riled up, because I'm not done yet. (laughs) Okay, here's my last one of these. And you can start looking. All of you should start looking. Ask God, okay, what in your life, where, where are you in your life? These are ones that will help me in my life because God gave them to me, and now I'm going to get them memorized, and I'll know what to say. But it says, let's look at Revelations 1.8, because this is the last of it, the last book of the Bible. This is what Jesus said about himself. I am the living one. I was dead. He was dead. And behold, I am alive. Well, what were you? I was dead, but now I am alive. Didn't we say that in the very beginning? I died. That's what it says in Colossians 3. I died. But then it says, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys to death and hell. Wouldn't you like to have those keys? Well, you do have them. It's what the Bible says, Matthew 16. Let's go to Matthew 16. This is what Jesus said. Everybody say, Jesus said. See, now he was in the earth then. Um, I, I heard Caleb say on Sunday and uh, how he was. And as soon as I heard that, I heard this in my, in my head. But remember who he is. Who he was was the example, and he showed us. But see, the body of Christ isn't doing what he did. I mean, really, in, in, in mass production. But that's because we haven't totally got it in us. That as he is, so are we in this world. Not as he was, but as he is. See, he said, I was dead. I was dead, but now I'm alive. He went, he went to hell, took the keys. That's what the word of God says. And now he is seated in heavenly places. And everybody say, so am I. And he has given us authority because he had authority. Now he's just put that in our hands. And it says, this is the word. This is Jesus. It's in red. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Why was he saying, I will give? He couldn't give them while he was here. It was after he was dead and made alive. And you could not have the keys until you were dead and been made alive. And that's why the world is without hope. The world is without hope. 
They have nothing. So you see that person that you know isn't saved, and they are just horrible, and you want to just say, get out of my life. Well, that's not the right answer. Because he said, I'll give them to you. You bind. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in. You know, uh, my, and you've heard my, uh, my husband, you know, he he's, works at home. And he gets that TV going, and I'll hear him in his office say, I bind that in the name of Jesus. <laughs> it's somebody said something on TV he doesn't agree with. And, you know, now, you know, some people would think, well, you know, he, Pastor Bill is, that's why he's not at church. He's had a breakdown of some kind. He talks to the TV. But that's not true. I believe he's on assignment. And he, you ask him, and you will get an earful of why he thinks he's on assignment. Because he believes with all his heart. He has been sent into the earth for such a time as this that when he hears something on the news, he tells those people, that is not right. I bind it in the name of Jesus. I loose the truth into that situation. And, and yes, he sounds a little, I mean, it's a little different to have that going on in your living room with nobody. But, but if you understand the spirit, everybody say the spirit, you're more effective in prayer than you are anywhere. And your first line of defense is prayer. And Jesus said, I died, but I have the keys. And what he's saying is, remember back there where I told you I'll give you the keys? Well, I got them. I've got them, and he's under my feet, and I'm just waiting on you to do what you need to do to put him under my feet and rescue people, rescue people from the hell that the devil intends for them unless we do it. And then he says, you bind on earth and whatever you loose. Everybody say loose. You know, for a long time, I bound everything. <laughs> I, I just bound the devil all the time. But then God said to me, you might want to lose something. Because <laughs> you're binding up a whole lot of stuff, but, you know, you need to lose something. And what that is is when you bind the work of the enemy, you have to infuse it with the life of God. Because once you bind something up in somebody's life, how many of you have known somebody that got delivered? You know, they get delivered. But if you don't fill them up with the word of God, if you don't loose something that's powerful into their life, they have this hole on the inside. And even the Bible says the devil will come again. He'll bring all of his cohorts. And the last condition of that person will be worse than the first. And so when we know what we know, because as he is, so are we. Then we begin to say, I bind you, devil from taking my children, and I loose the angels of the Lord into that situation, and they will be accompanying my child. And when my child is tempted by evil, he will flee. Because the word of God says, my children flee evil because they love God. You say, oh, my children aren't fleeing any evil, and they don't look like they love God. Hallelujah. End of story. Well, that's because you have authority. And as he is, so am I in this world. And God has begun to say to me, there's going to be some really, really rough people. Not rough like wanting to hurt somebody, but rough because they have no clue what I'm talking about to you right now. And somebody's got to believe that they can be okay. Somebody has got to say, this is stopping. Why? Because as he is, so are we in this world. And so I believe that we're in this season where we have got to start really taking the word of God for what it is and making sure we're declaring what God is saying. If you go back to Colossians, and I'm going to end with this, and then we're going to pray. But, um, you know, sometimes you just know that God's trying to say something to bring you to a place. 
How many of you believe God wants you in a place where you believe this? I mean, this, this will get you the house you need. This will get you the food you need. This will get you in a place where you don't have to rely on the government. Now, there's nothing wrong with relying on them till you get where you need to be. But bless God, I, I'm just passing through here. I'm not, I didn't plan to stay. I want to tell you, that's a truth. You got to be passing through that place. I mean, I'm not going to need the government forever. I'm just, I'm using them. Because if you don't start using them, they will use you. Hallelujah. I better stop preaching. Okay, right back to Colossians. Chapter 2, Pastor John won't let me preach anymore. I might get too carried away. Chapter, chapter 2, verse 6. So then, just as you receive Jesus Christ as Lord, continue to live. Now, this live here, you got to mark it in there, as he is. That's not as, as is. Now, he's going to take you as is, but he's going to put he in there, and then there's really going to be something to, to this world and to what God's got planned. Continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith that as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it, everybody say, see to it, that no one takes you captive, I'm reading through the NIV, through hollow and deceptive philosophy. When you are watching a presidential debate, pray in the Holy Ghost, and if you're not praying the Holy Ghost, just ask, God will fill you. But if you're not and, and, and don't experience, start asking God, God, as you are, so am I in the world. Is this right or is it not? Don't go by what people say because everybody has philosophies. Everybody has opinions. Everybody says, this is what I'm going to do. Nobody's promises are greater than the promises of God. Nobody's promises. And I, you know, that will show you if you vote or you make decisions in your job or if you make decisions with your children or who you're going to marry, if all those things are filtered through as he is, so am I in this world. I live through him. I live through him. And then it goes on and says, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on, everybody say that depends on human tradition. Listen, religion will bind you and put you in a ditch. Jesus will not. Religion will say, "Uh, who do you think you are that would you teach those things to people? I mean, that just lifts us up. This is, this is the lie. This is the lie. Pride lifts people up. Humility is not, oh, I'm just a worm. Humility is, I can't do anything as is, but as he is, look out, brother. Amen? That's humility because that says my confidence is in God, not me. As is is pride. As he is is not. As he is is boldness. And it's boldness because he is who he says he is. He is truth. And then it says that's human. Those are built on human tradition and an elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. The devil has some spiritual sounding things. How many of you know that's true? But they're not God and they're not the word. And he will use religion. He will use the word. He used it on Jesus. He will use it on you. But the key is that you begin to say, as he is, so am I in this world. In my Bible, in the commentary, in the New King James, it says for that scripture, um, that that scripture says it'll give us boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. 
And my Bible says that just says that because he, we know he loved us so much and we're his children, that we have boldness. We have boldness. And, and I believe God is raising up a church of boldness. I believe he's saying to you and to me, to this church, to other Christians, start being who you are. Start believing who you are. As he is, so am I in this world. Amen. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and his gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.